Summit Church being a prophetic, powerful, and persevering church. A few weeks ago, I preached a message on the simple church, um, and which was good. It was a good, uh, each one bring one, uh, each one serve. Uh, but today, I want to talk about a little bit more in the supernatural, right? It was Pentecost Sunday recently, and I, and I feel like um, we're ready to enter into a new stage and a new age in our church to walk more in the supernatural as a church without losing sight of the practical differences in our church that make us different. So, the big picture is Summit Church is not just a faithful and friendly church, but it also has to be a church that grows in the prophetic, in the power, and in purpose. To raise up people that are prophetic people, people that have sight, we're talking about spiritual sight, insight, and foresight. People that know how to speak life into people's situations. People that can recognize the wiles of the enemy and just laugh at the devil and stand firm, fully armored up. People that are powerful and purposeful. We, we want to raise up a church that the people are hungry to learn the big picture, right? The gospel summary, the creeds, the Bible themes. People that know our values, right? Was it Christ-centeredness, celebration, connection, collaboration? People that understand the members' challenge to be holy, healthy, happy, helpful, and hopeful all our lives. People who are, and then also people who are hungry for a deeper understanding and an illumination and the reception of invitation to walk in our full identity and authority in Christ. See, when I use the word prophetic, I'm not just talking about predicting the numbers or predicting that the Nuggets will win the championship in five games. I'm talking about revealing Jesus Christ through our present word from God. And that our church will be a place, a school of the Spirit, a family of God, and a Holy Ghost hospital. A place in healing in order for us to embrace the power of God's spirit and the transformative work within us. To raise up a collection of people who live with purpose, knowing that our lives have significance and meaningful impact. So the map of the service is, I'm going to try to talk about the royal priesthood. What are our next steps of elevation? New Testament prophecy 101. Hunger for God's power. And living with purpose based on the Ephesians model. So let's get some text scriptures. Now this is the scripture context when Samuel was called to be king. First Samuel, I mean Saul was called to be king. First Samuel 10.6. And Saul, Samuel told Saul, at that time the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. See right now we have the spirit of the Lord in us come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them and you you will be changed into a different person. See, Saul had self-esteem issues, self-worth issues. He had the equipment for royalty. He was taller than everybody. He was strong. He came from the right tribe. But he, he even when in the coronation, he was hiding, right? So it says, the spirit will come upon you. You will prophesy. You'll be changed into a different person. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. When the Holy Spirit came on, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon 
all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Oh, some of my senior saints, God's going to put a new dream in your heart. That you're going to have more dreams than memories. Hallelujah. Glory. And your dreams are going to be baked in God's eternal purpose and the Great Commission. So let's give our first text scripture regarding the royal priesthood. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So you already know Peter, right? You know his style. He was like abrasive. He was a little wild style. Um, he got rebuked by the Lord. He almost drowned walking on water. He denied Christ three times. But man, those, those 50 days when Jesus, after the resurrection, when Jesus was speaking kingdom into him, and in that upper room with the Holy Ghost came on him, something different happened in Peter's life. There was a prophetic revel revelation, uh, a stirring in his life. You know, uh, Acts 4, I believe, says they were unlearned, but yet the between letters, the, the letters Peter wrote are some of the deepest, most profound writings in literature. That's what the Holy Spirit could do. So 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. Oh, someone in your house drinking your coffee, just yell out to yourself, Chosen! I'm chosen. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Oh, those three things alone. Boom. You couldn't be, you couldn't be priest and king. That's, I'm going to talk, talk about that in a minute. But you're a royal priest, a holy nation, and God's own possession. And he's talking to Gentiles as well. This is mind-blowing. He's talking to men and women. As a result, you could show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Glory. Can I get a water? <laughs> Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you receive no mercy, now you've received God's mercy. Dear friends, oh, I like this, friends. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live among your be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if thank you even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So you see, in the Old Testament, there was kings and priests, right? From the tribe of Judah came the kings, and from the tribe of Levi came the priests. And royal priesthood in the Old Testament was mostly Meshizedek, and King David had a thing when he built a tabernacle. And um, the tabernacle of David is the only Old Testament tabernacle prophesied, I misspelled that, in the New Testament to be rebuilt. Believers are called to be both kings and priests, just as Jesus is both king of kings and our forever high priest. God said he would rebuild David, the tabernacle of David in Acts fifteen sixteen, where you are both kings and priests in the order of Meshizedek. And we are a royal priesthood, which means we have direct access and fellowship with God like priests. But we are also called to expand the kingdom of God and influence the world like a king. Brothers and sisters, you know, I've talked about like the, 
our identity in Christ as people who were saved and redeemed, as servants of God, as friends of God, as disciples who's had our ears pierced, right? Like willful servants. And also as daughters and sons of the king. And he's called us to live with dignity and royalty and humility. Irregardless of what our banking statement says. Irregardless of our background. That's why I love the story of Jesus. Because out of all narratives, God himself came to this world to be poor. To live in a bad neighborhood, Nazareth. To grow up in Nazareth, a bad neighborhood. To have to move to Egypt. And God can help you turn your pain into power. And God has called us to be kings and priests. All right. So we have faith. We have faith. We're friendly. We're faithful. We're people of faith. We're faithful people. We're friendly people. But there's more. People need healing. People need a touch from God. People need to hear the call to holiness, sanctification, and discipleship with joy. A people to be empowered to be used by the Lord in their homes, community, families, and jobs. This young generation needs to hear the call of God. Our senior saints need to know God still heals. It may be incremental. And you may never be cured, but you could walk in healing and hope. So we have to embrace our prophetic destiny, right? So to define the prophetic in the New Testament, a word that is a word that reveals Jesus Christ, not merely a, a, just a teaching, but a present word from God concerning Christ. A New Testament prophecy does it does the same thing. In Revelations nineteen ten says it's a testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophetic, uh, prophetic utterance are given to the context of the believers, knowing that the Lord to that come that come to that know it come to the Lord together during the week and share with sharing Him in their gathering. First Corinthians fourteen three says, "But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them." So these words, these, these prophetic utterances are to shed, life on, shed light on Christ, to magnify him, and to be edifying those who hear it. We are called to cheer up, build up, and stir up through prophetic words. And let our prophetic words be seasoned with discernment, humility, love, bringing edification and encouragement to others. And this is why we, part of the reason why we do discipleship talk at midweek. We want you to stir up, cheer up, and build up your brothers and sisters as the Holy Spirit stirs you up, cheers you up, and builds you up during the week. Right? We do discipleship talk to build, uh, to share, build rapport, learn from each other, stir up, cheer up, build up. We have discipleship talk on Sundays when we have critical mass, revealing the heart of heaven and ensuring its voice is heard in the midst of God's mission. To equip and empower people for the supernatural. Sharing the heart of the Father. Reconnecting the hurting, discouraged, despair, wounded, and brokenhearted with God. Whose love breakthroughs and transforms. 
And so I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, that we, when we come together, that during the week, you should take ownership of your spiritual journey, and you should take ownership in journaling this journey, and you should take ownership on asking God to help you articulate the anointing in your life. And how Christ has helped you get through challenges. Um, so I want to create eventually a short course, mostly for people on Wednesday, that come on Wednesdays, and people who are hungry, and people who give, and people who say this is their church, to join us in Sermon Recap, right? Um, I would love to see the folks that come on Wednesdays and midweeks to share their perspective after the sermons. Because I want to create a community where people know how to articulate, know how to dare to share. People who, who love each other, like we come to church and you just feel seen, you feel loved, you feel celebrated, you feel challenged, you feel convicted. Right? Convinced and convicted at the same time of areas you have to change, things you have to give up. And so I want to share with you guys that God has called us not just to be faithful and friendly, but to be a giver and to uh, embrace the supernatural. So let's talk about cultivating the, the power of God's spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7 Paul's second letter to Timothy. For God does not give us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Brothers and sisters, embrace the power of God's Spirit who empowers us for transformative living. Ask God to heal you and seal you. To continue to heal you and to continue to put His seal on your life for everyone can see the watermark of Christ on your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us, manifesting His power in our lives, Allow the Holy Spirit to awaken God's word in our hearts, to give us a new vision of the abundant life within your context of your existence. What does, you have small children, what does abundant life, victorious living look like in your situation? What does it look like to lay hands on your children? What does it look like to read Bible stories with your children? What does it look like to challenge your children to love their classmates and pray for their teacher? Right? You're a senior saint. What does it look like to volunteer at a shelter or at a senior, uh, another senior, senior um, center where they give food? What does that look like? What does it look like to be happily married? To be a husband that loves Christ, loves the wife like Christ loves the church? What does it look like to be a, a wife and mother that respects her husband, that trains up her children? What does it look like to go to work and have the joy of the Lord and the Holy Spirit secrete secrets in a secret place to make you a rainmaker, a difference maker, a history maker at your workplace? What does it look like? I pray God's beginning to stir you up now for a fresh vision. What does victorious living look like in your situation as we, as we yearn to cultivate the power of God's spirit in our lives? And then lastly, I want you to start thinking about living with purpose using the Ephesians model. The book of Ephesians uh, is one of the greatest books in the Bible. 
It speaks about God's eternal purpose concerning his son. It talks about like Jesus in the Old Testament. The church is the body, right? Ephesians talks about the body. Colossians talks about Christ the head. No other book present in the New Testament presents the eternal purpose more clear, clearly than Ephesians. And there's three main things in Ephesians I learned from reading Watchmen Nee. The first part is wealth, the heavenly calling. Ephesians 2, 6 points to our wealth and calling and where we're seated in Christ in heavenly places. Right? We are called to sit together in heavenly places. So, it, you know, it's sit, walk, and stand. Right? So three, three, three things about Ephesians. Sit, walk, and stand. Wealth, walk, and warfare. Second thing, and, and, and I want you to study this for the rest of your life when we begin to align our lives, our inner lives around these truths. Then we walk. Ephesians 4, 1 points about our walk and conduct. The church is called to walk in Christ on earth. And then lastly, warfare, spiritual conflict. Ephesians 6.11 points to our warfare conflict. You never outgrow spiritual warfare. You simply learn how to fight. The church is called to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So we, as we live in purpose, we all our lives we study our identity as royal priests. We develop a hunger for New Testament prophetic power to stir up, cheer up, and build up the body of Christ. And then we begin to live with purpose within the Ephesians model that we sit, we, 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 we begin to sit, soak, and saturate in the fact that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right? That's why we like all those royalty shows where the kid was a pauper, but he didn't realize the whole time he was a prince. And then, because it's something inside of us, it's a similar thing that we're living on this earth thinking we're a human having a, a church experience, but we're really a reawakened, born again spirit having a human experience. So we sit with Christ. We walk with a good testimony, the fruit of the spirit. The power of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And then warfare, we learn how to put on our full armor and stand strong. So in conclusion, we have to grow from just being the fun church, the faithful church, to a powerful church. That still has fun, that's still faithful, that's still friendly. It's not either or, it's both and. And I believe on a personal level... This will impact our finances, the way we work, the way we, we operate our wealth, the way we steward our finances, the way we start battling materialism in our life, the way we get healed from certain insecurities that perhaps sway us, right? We begin to investigate our inspirations and audit our ambitions and make sure our ladder's on the right wall. So it impacts our finances, impacts our physical healing. We begin to lay hands on our pancreas, our spleen, our heart. We begin to ask Chaplain Pete and, and Sister Natalie and, and, and Sister Anna and the board and to anoint us with oil. We create an atmosphere of healing that fosters physical well-being. Amen? And we begin to be less stressed. We begin to panic and pray more than we panic and worship more than we worry and that impacts our health and then as we become a prophetic a powerful church this impacts our relationships 
we're known as the encourager wherever we go. We're, learned, we, we're, we're, we're seen as the visionary wherever we go. We're seen as a person like similar to the story of Daniel that knows how to use their spiritual gift to, to, to impact the marketplace. And then we begin to have better relationships because as we grow in the spirit, we, we extend more forgiveness, we practice more empathy, and we, cu we cultivate more loving connections with others. So Summit Church, let us grow, not just being faithful and friendly and fruitful, but prophetic, powerful, and purposeful. Prophetic, let's reveal Jesus Christ through our words. Let's embrace the power of God's spirit and his transformative work within us. And let's live with purpose, knowing that our lives have significance and impact. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly close this sermon in awe of your greatness. Grant us this prophetic anointing to reveal Jesus Christ, to stir up, build up, and cheer up. Let healing flow through us, in us, and through us. To create an atmosphere where your power is experienced, ignite our desire for discipline and discipleship, shaping our lives for your glory, and may we flourish financially, physically, and relationally as we live with purpose in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let me stop my recording here.